Good morning. The reading is taken from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. The Magi visit the Messiah. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Morning, everyone. It's good to see you all. Terry's wonderful painting, which he produced for us this Advent. And this morning, we're invited to go on an adventure with the Magi, or the wise men as we know them. Now, there are lots of theories about where these people came from and what exactly the star was that they were following. All sorts of theories. No one knows for sure where exactly these people came from. Somewhere around Southwest Asia is the most likely. Either Persia, Iran, or or further south in the Arabia region. Some of the gifts, like gold, frankincense, and myrrh, could be found in those regions. And there was lots of schools of people that looked to the stars to find out the meaning of things and understand what was going on. But no one really knows. There's one theory about Saturn and Jupiter lining up which indicate that Jupiter indicates king and Saturn indicates the Jewish people, so king of the Jews. But these are all kind of guesstimates of what went on and nobody's quite clear exactly how all this happened. But it happened, it did, as it's written for us in the Bible. And one thing that we are fairly certain about is this, that the Magi were not Jewish. They were Gentiles, people outside the Jewish faith. But what they did is really significant and very helpful for us as as we come to the Christmas story ourselves because they took what they knew and went on an adventure to find and worship the king of the Jews. In other words, the birth of Jesus opened a door for all people to come and worship Jesus, the king. Anyone could come, and that truth still remains today. This door 
remains open today for people of all nations, all backgrounds and beliefs, whether Jewish or non-Jewish. And Terry's painting portrays this truth. If we were to flip it, you would see the town of Northallerton. And we are celebrating the birth of Christ here in Northallerton in the year AD 2019, because Jesus has opened the door to all of us to come and worship him. And Jesus himself makes this promise to us. He says later on in Matthew's gospel in chapter 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And that's exactly what the Magi did. They sought Jesus with all their heart and strength and mind. And it is why they are rightly remembered as wise people. They persisted and they never gave up until they fell at Jesus' feet with joy and worshipped him with all that they had. And so today we invite you to join us on this same adventure to worship Jesus, the King, this Advent. And to help us, we have the star which Terry has painted for us. It has six points on it, you'll see. And so we're going to use the star from the Wise Men and Women's School of Adventure to point us to Jesus. We're going to use it like the Magi as our compass. The night sky was the compass for the wise men, and they followed the star. And so we're going to follow the star this morning to find our way to Jesus. So first point of the star is Scripture. The Bible as we now know it today. The Magi started out with their own understanding, but it was Scripture that brought clarity to their search. It brought clarity to their direction and where they were traveling. The theologian Frederick Dale Brunner puts it like this, nature began their search and scripture completed it. They started out heading for Jerusalem as we see in the story. A logical thing to do because that was the center of the Jewish nation. It's where King Herod resided. So in their heads, it made sense. Let's go to the palace and we'll find the baby. But of course, the baby wasn't there. So they had to dig out the scriptures. Herod went to the teachers of the law and they said, no, 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 the baby will be born in Bethlehem. That's where you need to look for the king of the Jews, the Messiah. So they recalibrated their search based on scripture. They started out with what they knew. They looked at the night sky. They started out with God's creation. And then it was scripture that brought it to light and helped them see where they were going. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. God speaks to them through his word and says to them, you're looking in the wrong place. Does that ever happen to you? Maybe you're in the habit of reading the Bible, or maybe you've just read it once or twice. But certainly, I find that to be true in my daily life. When I'm dealing with stuff, 
and it's just not working out, and I can't find my way through. Often it'll just be what I read in the Bible by God's Spirit will say to me, you need to do this a different way. You need to take a different approach. And it's amazing when we get into the habit of opening the Bible and reading it, how frequently it will speak into the detail of our lives. I'm sure some of you have discovered that for yourselves. It's a bit like Tommy Cooper. One of Tommy Cooper's catchphrases was not like that, like that. And that's what Scripture does for us as well. You know, don't do it like that, Glenn. Do it this way and you'll make better progress. And that's what happens when we look at God's Word and ask God's Spirit to guide us on the way. Don't do it your way. Do it the Jesus way. And when you do that, you will find direction. Now, I think it's really fascinating that the chief priests, the teachers of the law, Herod, and the Magi all received the same directions. When the wise men turned up, they got the prophet Micah out, and they all read the same directions. So how come only the Magi found Jesus? What's going on there? Why was that? Well, I think very simply, the wise men searched for Jesus with pure motives because they wanted to go and worship the king and give him gifts. Herod's motives were far from pure. He said he wanted to worship Jesus, but actually he wanted to kill him. And as we read the rest of the New Testament, as Jesus encountered some of the teachers of the law, they had an agenda as well because Jesus was cutting in on their patch and they didn't like it because they had a position of prominence. The Magi, however, were simply there to worship God. And so they were the ones that found him. Jesus said to himself in the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. God examines our hearts, doesn't he? He doesn't look at the outside of what's going on in our lives. He looks in the inside and he tests us and he sees what's going on there. And we must allow him to do that. So if you want to see God, the Bible is the place to look. Read it with an open heart and I guarantee you will encounter the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the King he is exactly like God, his Father, exactly. And he wants to fill your heart with the life of his Spirit. Look for Jesus in this book and you will find him. So, uh, you know, if you're on your phones, go to BibleGateway.com. That's a good place to go. And start reading Matthew's Gospel, where this story finds. Or if you want a Bible this morning, a paper copy, come and see me at the end and I'll be glad to give you one. Start reading in the book of Matthew and keep going through the Gospels. Keep going right through the New Testament. And when you get to the book of Revelation, go back to the book of Genesis and start from there in the Old Testament. And start with a prayer. Ask God the same question the wise men asked of Herod, where is the one? Show me your son that I may worship the king too and then start to read. Keep going and you will see Jesus for yourself.
And that takes us to the point, the pinnacle of the star. Jesus is the star of the story. And not just at Christmas. He's not just a gift for Christmas. He is the pinnacle of the whole cosmos. Everything we see and everything we don't see. Listen to how the Apostle Paul puts it later on in the New Testament in the book of Colossians. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. What does that mean? Jesus is the one who set the stars on their course, including this one. And he is the one who set foot on this little blue planet, planet Earth. He created us and he has come to us. Isn't that amazing? He's the king of kings and sooner or later, all earthly leaders and all people will bow at his feet, including Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, and Vladimir Putin. Whichever leader you are, whoever you are, one day, sooner or later, you'll find yourselves at the feet of Jesus. So can I ask you, which star are you following? And does it shine as brightly as Jesus Christ? And if it doesn't, change your direction. Change your gaze to the brightest star in the universe. Maybe, like the Magi, you've been watching Jesus from afar, from a distant place. If that is you, then Jesus calls you this Christmas to come a bit closer, to come and find him. Sure, we can find joy in some things for some time, but only Jesus can bring us everlasting indestructible, indescribable joy. That's the overjoy of the Magi. That's what the text tells us. They were overjoyed when they saw the star settling above Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want some of that overjoy. I want so much joy within me that it's coming out the top of me and coming out everywhere. That's what the Magi experienced when they saw that star. And this is the joy we experience when we find our way to Jesus, the King. And when we get there, we worship him. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Now, the word for worship here means that they fell on their faces in complete surrender. They recognized Jesus as king of their lives. Now, they probably were important people themselves, but there they were, flattening their faces before Christ the King. Everything at the feet of Jesus. And this is what true worship is. You see, there are no half measures when it comes to worshiping Jesus. That's just not good enough for the King of Kings. Worship comes from the heart, doesn't it? Whatever it is we're worshiping, that's its source. That's what's going on in our hearts. If we're worshiping it, it's got a place in our heart. 
Worship comes from the heart. And it overflows from a heart which is overjoyed. We sang it in one of the carols earlier. What can I give him? I'll give him my heart. When it comes to worship then, our hearts lead and the rest of our being follows. That's how it works, isn't it? You don't worship something your heart's not in. Our heart takes the lead and the rest of us follows on behind. Our hands come out of our pockets because, you know, this just isn't good enough. We've got to worship God with all that we are. Our gaze is pointed upwards at Jesus and our pride is replaced with a thing called humility. So don't be half-hearted in your worship of King Jesus. It will only make you miserable trying to worship one thing and another thing. Give your all to Jesus. God knows he deserves it. Give him everything. Prostrate your life at the feet of Jesus and he will fill your life with unspeakable joy. And when we do that, we want to give him everything. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with their gifts. Now, when I was looking at the text this week, I noticed something I'd never seen before. The word for treasure here is the Greek word thesaurus. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Remember when you were at school or university or maybe on your shelf at home, you've got this big giant book called a thesaurus. What's in there? Well, in my simple thinking, it's a book with different words grouped together with a similar meaning. I think they're called synonyms. We take words that roughly mean the same thing, and and it helps us explore the meaning of the thing in a deeper way. And is this not what happens when we bring our various gifts and skills to Jesus individually, but also together as his church We gather all our skills and gifts together under one heading. And that one heading is worship. Worship the Christ the King. So we come with all these different talents. Ben Hodgson made this for us today, this little compass. You know, we light candles. We lead and worship. People stand up here and speak. We've got this wonderful art produced by people. And we serve others and we take our gifts in all sorts of ways. And they all come under this wonderful banner of worship. The church is a treasure chest, a thesaurus of gifts that have to be laid at the feet of Jesus Christ. Gold, frankincense, myrrh, serving, leading, comforting, encouraging, painting, giving, singing, playing, whatever it is. It's all raw material to be used for worshipping Jesus, the King. So open your treasures, the gifts God has blessed you with, and put them at the disposal of King Jesus. Invest yourself in a kingdom which will last forever and pay you dividends for eternity. Now, there's a good investment scheme for you. Do what the Magi did and use what God has blessed you with to bless Jesus and the people around you. And that's a good way to live your life. Isn't that what Jesus said? 
Whatever you do to the least of these, you do for me. So let's get out there. Let's get out there and take what God has blessed us with and use it to give shelter, support, encouragement, and love to the people in our world that are crying out for help. And as we do that, we receive revelation. Now, there's a good word. When we worship him, God, by his spirit, starts to speak directly into our lives. Revelation, it's called. It's a revealing. It's God letting us see stuff that otherwise we would never see or understand. It's wisdom. It's what the wise men were given. Previously, the Magi had to rely on others to guide them the Jesus way. But now, as worshippers and followers of Jesus, the Lord has suddenly free access to every part of their lives, 24-7. And so even in their sleep, God dreams up an alternative route home which will protect both them and God's one and only son, Jesus the King. He speaks to them in a dream and tells them, don't go near that guy, Herod. Go home by a different route. Isn't that great? God directs who we should go near and who we should stay away from. One of the lessons then that we learn from the birth narratives in the Bible is that it is not up to us how God speaks to us. Of course, Scripture is our primary source. And it will remain that until Christ returns. This is our plumb line for testing everything we see and hear. But Scripture itself does not allow us to ignore dreams, angels, the night sky, and whatever means God chooses to speak to us through. Because everything in the universe comes under the lordship and authority of Jesus Christ, our King, and he is free to use any means whatever to speak to us. So how is God, your Father, guiding you safely home today? How is he doing that? Perhaps as we've read the Bible today, God has spoken into your heart by his Spirit. Perhaps through some of the words from the prayer room, that specific word which was given for maybe one or more people about feeling alone. Is that God speaking to you today? If it is, here's what he says to you. You are loved and God's favor is on you. That's the words that came from the prayer room. And you know, when we take these words and look at the Bible, is that not what the Bible tells us? God loves every one of us. And his favor is on us through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Maybe spoken to you through some of the beautiful carols we've sung this morning. Maybe through the prayers that we've prayed. Maybe through the children's video that we watched. Or perhaps just a gentle word from a friend that has come alongside you today or at another time. Maybe you had a dream last night. Who knows? God is calling each one of us 
on an adventure to worship Jesus the King. Like the Magi, I would encourage you, I'd implore you today to respond to his call. Open your Bible and read it. Seek his direction. Make Jesus your king, the king of your life, the king of everything that goes on in your life. Give him your full-on worship. Put your gifts and skills at his disposal, and he will reveal to you the will of God for your life this Christmas. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of your word, and what a beautiful treasure it is for us day by day. And I pray for every person in this room that you will inspire us to pick it up and read it. Make it like fresh daily bread for us in the week ahead. And Lord, Holy Spirit, as we read your word, we pray for direction for our life, specific direction that you will show us where to go to find Jesus wherever we find ourselves. And Lord, examine our motives, test our hearts, purify our hearts, and help us to see Jesus in your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have come into our world. And we recognize today that you are the King of Kings. We vote for you afresh this morning, Lord Jesus. We vote for your kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, to come in our town, in our communities, and in your world. And Lord Jesus, we pray you will take your place at the throne of our lives and at the throne of your world. And we pray as we come to worship you that you will fill our hearts with joy to overflowing so that we might worship you with all that we are and have and encourage others to join us in doing the same. And Lord, thank you for all the gifts and skills and experience that you've poured into our lives and into this church. And Lord, we offer it up to you as a simple act of worship today and ask that you will take it and make it something beautiful. And we pray today, Lord Jesus, that your name will be praised by the way we live our lives. And as we do so, Holy Spirit, speak into the detail of our lives, but not only our lives. Use us to speak your word of truth, a word in season to the people that we encounter as we leave this place. Make us a prophetic people who can hear your word and translate it into the lives of the people around us. For we ask it in your beautiful name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's worship the King together.